Warning, this week's episode of Deadly Serial contains depictions of sexual assault, domestic violence, and cannibalism. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Deadly Serial. I am your host, Lee Moffitt. With me, as always, or at least for as long as I can remember, is Laura Dedrick. Welcome. So who are we talking about this week? This week we're tackling Catherine Knight. She's an Australian lass, lassie? La- she's yeah, from Australia. <laughs> and she's uh, got a crazy story. Uh, this one is interesting and morbid and gory. It is very gory. It's, it's one of the goriest things I've ever heard. But uh, it takes a little while to get there. It does. Yeah, there's a, it's kind of a slow build. Uh, lots of crazy things that she does before she gets to the goriness. Oh, it's it's real interesting. Like it's she's pretty... had a wonderful childhood and all those things, you know, for a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like, I don't know, the build up is it's it's just it's worth it. It's so worth it. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I hope it is. I hope it is because this one, I think it is. And I think it's a good one. So yeah, like you said, great childhood. So we're going to start there. So Catherine Marie Knight was born on October 24th, 1955. Her father. Yeah. uh, Her father was an alcoholic who would beat her in front of her mother, who, who, excuse me, who would beat her mother in front of her, her twin sister and her six brothers. This would include her father raping her mother in front of them up to 10 times a day. What the 10 times a day. That's, that's what the fuck? That's a full day. That's all day long is just watching your dad rape your mom. Oh my God. It's so terrible. And she says that she was raped by her brothers up until the age of 11, but that she was never raped by her father, which I mean, I thought that was kind of surprising. That is a little strange. Like he draws a line, you know, he's got morals, that guy. He won't. Oh yeah, he's got standards. I'm not going Standard, to yeah. rape my daughter. That's gross. Yeah, oh no, no, I wouldn't do that, no. In addition to all this heavy trauma, her mother would tell her and her twin sister how much she hated sex and how much she hated men. She would go into intricate details about her sex life. It was, it was weird, but I guess her talking about it was kind of mild compared to her dad raping her mother in front of her, so... Yeah. This childhood understandably fucked her up good. Uh, Catherine was known to be a quiet, pleasant kid, but if something upset her, she would fly into a murderous rage. So perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, hair trigger on the on the psycho. Like she'd bit. be totally normal, and then she'd flip the fuck out. She'd flip. Yeah. Flip out. Which is understandable. I mean, that she had didn't have the best start. Absolutely. I'm the same way and nothing's happened to me. I know. I get that way too. And I'm like, I've had a pretty cushy life. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I can't do it. Yeah. The most, I can't the... do this anymore. I'm done. Minor inconvenience. Exactly. Screw life. Any minor inconvenience. And I'm like, I'm over this. Yeah. When, when does this end? In high school, she was a loner and a, she was a bit of a bully. She was a, a big kid. She towered over the other kids. She actually assaulted at least one kid that we know of. And she was also injured by a teacher who was acting in self-defense against her. Um, but then she'd turn around and win awards for good behavior. So she was a, she was a wild card, that one. Flip-flopper. Yeah. 
She left high school at the age of 15, never learning how to read. And about a year later, she landed her dream job. Get this. Now, what are we calling it? A slaughterhouse or? It's an, it's an abattoir. Abattoir. Sounds much nicer than slaughterhouse. But it yes. was a slaughterhouse. So a slaughterhouse. That's <laughs> and it was her dream job. She was very excited to work there. She started off um, decapitating pigs. Like, and... didn't her whole family work there? I think the whole town, like this town uh, that she lived in, I think the slaughterhouse really supported the whole town. So it was like a kind of, you know, your rite of passage or, or to work there, you know. Callahan Sandusky. Yes. Oh, let's watch that last night. Such a good movie. So she was also known by her coworkers to go where the pigs were being slaughtered so she could watch them. They kind of thought that, oh, she's just really into her job and really wants to... Uh, Learn yeah, she's passionate about her her craft. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta have passion. Uh, so, but but it wasn't to do that. It was just to watch him die. So that's weird. And she she actually rose through the ranks really quickly at the abattoir. Eventually being promoted to boning, and receiving her own set of butcher knives. Boning. Yes. I it said boning. I'm assuming they kind of mean like deboning. I guess is what I, we, guess. I would call it deboning. You're not putting the or bones processing in. bones. I don't know something like that. But she did get her own set of knives, and she did what any healthy person would do. She hung them above her bed. Yeah, dude, that's the first yeah. thing I thought of as soon as I get a bunch of knives. You gotta, you gotta hang, hang, them, hang them all up right above your head because yeah. you never know. You never know. And she even said, "They're like, why would you do this?" She said, "Would they would always be handy if she needed them." You never know. Mm. She took these knives and everywhere she went. She moved her whole life. She kept them above the bed. It was a bunch of knives. It wasn't just like one or two or three. It was like ten. No, it was like, like a, a bag. It was like a nice, yeah. you know, like wedding gift set of knives just hanging above her head. Yeah. So she brings all these guys in and it's like one of the first things they see. I didn't even think about that. Oh my goodness. Anyway. She took extra pleasure in the act of slaughtering when she finally did uh, become the slaughterer she did she did she so would, uh, she'd like tiny like little nick the artery yeah and just like hear him squeal and she would just like love it and she would love the attention that it brought to her like all the everybody's like how the hell can you do this and she's like yeah it's nothing i love it it's great nothing it's great I'll never work this a is... day in your life if you love yeah. what you do <laughs> exactly so that was, uh, yeah, she'd let them just bleed out slowly and instead of, you know, trying to be but humane. That's, that's how she was able to quench her murderous yes. thirst. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and saved it off for quite a long time, actually. And when I think she probably could have killed all these guys if she'd given the oh, chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for the abattoir. Uh, yeah. It really, it was an outlet for her and her murderous tendencies dare i say a, a healthy alternative yeah hey i mean it's got to be done might as well be done by a psychopath yeah I, I i dig it i think that's a good idea like we were saying Catherine had several men come into her life and man did she have some fucked up relationships big time yes in 1973 she met co-worker david stanford kellett he was also a worker in the slaughterhouse, and he was a hard drinker and a fighter. Uh, she dominated in this relationship, but she was a fighter and a large woman. She's over six foot, and she was always the one in charge in this relationship. 
when the two of these, <laughs> when they would drink, they would fight and Catherine would get in and fight with him, like on his side. Sometimes she'd just fight him, but either way, she usually won. So she was a badass, scary beast. Yeah, man. She could throw so a punch. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why they're probably like, I don't want to mess with this chick. <clears throat> but it gets worse. It's not just that. No. So, yeah, they have a super healthy thing going on. Um, <laughs> all the fighting. They got married uh, about a year later in 1974. And David actually got some advice from his new mother-in-law about his bride-to-be, Catherine. And I quote, you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. She said it twice. She'll fuck. Wow. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. And here's here's a new China set from the from the family that's been passed out. <laughs> She'll fucking kill you. Be careful with that China. It's been in the family a long time. It's an heirloom. It's an heirloom. Welcome, welcome. She'll fucking kill you. On their wedding night, she tried to strangle him because he fell asleep after only having sex with her three times. So I had heard that her mother told her that her and her father had had sex five times on their wedding night, and she only got three, so she tried to kill him. Yeah, that's uh, a little, little three too is much. Bush League. I don't know, man. Three. He, the guy needs a fucking medal. I don't know. Those are rookie numbers. You got to pump that up. I guess, Catherine. Oh, I'm kidding. No, three is plenty for the love of yeah. God. And then you oh try to God. strangle the guy. Yeah, give the guy a freaking trophy. Yeah. <laughs> At least let but, him sleep. <laughs> yeah, that was the main reason why she was so popular with guys is that she was quote unquote good in bed. You can't be like, that crazy. No, yeah. Like if you're crazy in real life, you're probably going to be crazy in the sack, I guess. It's the crazy to hot ratio you mm -hmm. know the crazy yep. the hotter you are the crazier you are you got to find that yep. sweet spot of ugly insane exactly and kind of camp out there mm -hmm. this was a, a very violent marriage uh at one time when Catherine was very pregnant with david's child she burned all of his clothes and hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan why because he came home late from a dart tournament in which he had made it to the finals. Aw. I thought that was sweet. Like, just was let that the guy be. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always thought that people that can, like, say that they play darts really just go cheat on their wives. At the I, bar. I mean, as far, as far as I know, he did. But, I mean, he later he does kind of, you know, leave her for a oh. while. But So, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But he did say he, was in the, he made the finals. But, okay, so she hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan. He ran to the neighbor's house. He was understandably afraid for his life. And he was treated for a fractured skull, but he refused to press charges. Now, that's not a good idea. To run like, to the neighbor's house? No, I mean, okay, he, he refused to press charges against her. Yeah. But, okay, he still needed medical attention for the fractured skull. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I don't know. Australia is different. They are different. They are different. They they have different ways of doing things. Like they don't have the death penalty, so that was interesting and surprising I, to me. Right. Yeah. They they, they sure fight a lot. They making do, movies, um, making songs, fighting around, fighting the world. around the world. But uh, 
you know, it, yeah, they haven't executed uh, someone since 1967, which I thought was interesting. That um, is very interesting. So yeah, he refused to press charges. In 1976, after the birth of their first child, Melissa Ann, David left Catherine for another woman. This sent Catherine into just a bit of a spiral. Um, not that she was very sane to begin with, but things got much, much worse. There was one incident where she was pushing a stroller with her very young baby in it, and she was seen flinging the stroller around like a wacko with the baby in it. Um, during this time, she also grabbed an axe and was, you know, brandishing it at, at her neighbors. She just kind of lost it. Um, it. It's crazy. So she, um, they sent her to St. Elmo's Hospital, and there she was diagnosed with postpartum depression, which can be so, so scary and dangerous and hard to deal with. But it's very she real. Was, it's very real, very scary. Um, she was treated for several weeks and was released. And when she... When she was recovered, she was released. Soon after being released from the hospital, she put her daughter, Melissa, then two months old, on the railroad tracks right before a train was due. Like a villain in a cartoon, she placed her infant child on the train tracks. Yeah, she's not normal. I don't think it, she was recovered at that point, but... Luckily, a man who was foraging by the tracks saw and saved the baby minutes before the train arrived. Foraging? He just happened to be by the tracks? I think he was probably like maybe a homeless man or something or some sort of know, vagrant. A vagrant just kind like, of hey, there's a baby. Around. Yeah, I, I'm going to get that off the tracks. Raising so he saved own. her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then she was sent back to the hospital, St. Elmo's. Uh, she was cured super fast that time and checked herself out the same day. How is that possible? Is that, like you said, it's got to be different in Australia. Mm -hmm. Because if you yeah. do something like that in America. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's different everywhere. Because in England, you can say like, this person's crazy. They need to be locked up and they'll lock them up no kidding really yeah like this person's mentally ill she's about to hurt somebody you know you gotta take care of them they'll hold them for 72 hours right but in australia i don't i guess it's i guess not i mean even here well. if you yeah here if you do something i mean you can't force anybody but you're still on a 72 hour hold if anything you know happens like that so i just thought mm -hmm. that was kind of kind of interesting uh, just a few days after all of this, she slashed a woman's, she's, okay, a few days after this, she slashed, a, slashed the face of a woman with one of her beloved knives, you know, and demanded mm -hmm. that she drive her to Queensland to try and find David who had uh, left to be with another woman. The woman escaped at a gas station, but when the police arrived, Catherine had taken a young boy hostage, holding a knife to his throat. The police were able to get the upper hand on her, and I shit you not, with brooms, and she was sent back to the hospital. I have brooms. so many questions. So many I questions. I do too. Brooms. I couldn't find answers. It's just brooms. They got her with brooms. Like, were they witches? I, Janitors? What kind of broom? Were they the straw? Were they, like, synthetic? Was Are they cleaning up the streets, taking yeah. it too literal? <laughs> 
is it a deck scrubber? What, what kind of hardware are we working with here? But I just, I thought that was like crazy. It's like, we got the upper hand with brooms. All so good. Swiffer, <laughs> yeah. wet jet. Those are heavy. <laughs> so this time they sent her to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. There she told the staff that she wanted to kill the mechanic that fixed David's car because he was the one that let him leave. Yeah, Ooh. it's his fault, man. It's completely his fault talk about dragging people into it that have nothing to do with the situation it's like that was her style it she was. liked to fuck over not just you but all the people that were around you even if they had nothing to do with it yeah she was a life ruiner yes yeah she liked to just ruin your life real bad she's very manipulative yeah and... she, she yeah she's an abuser i mean these all these men were in an abusive relationship i do feel that for sure. And it's be and it, I guarantee you that it's all from her childhood. Because oh, that's yeah. some of the worst stuff I've ever heard growing up. That is a very, very hard childhood. So and these short just, stints. Go ahead. She never really learned how to what a normal relationship was like or no, for a sure. healthy one at all. No, not at all. All she knew was violence and Oh, terror. I mean, how, how terrifying. I can't even imagine. Oh. Well, so David found out what was going on with Catherine and all the crazy shit she'd been doing. He actually left his girlfriend and returned with his mother to support Catherine. On uh, June 9th, 1976, Catherine was released from the hospital into the care of her mother-in-law and her husband, David. She got a job in another slaughterhouse, you know, her true calling. But she heard her back and went abattoir she heard her back and went on disability so um they actually had a second daughter natasha marie she was born on march 6 1980 uh, four years after she was born david left for good so she was done with that david no more not that david different david there's two johns and two davids <laughs> it's weird so <laughs> In 1986, she met, she met David Saunders. A few months after meeting, he moved in with her and her two daughters. The next year, she slit the throat of his two-month-old puppy, telling him that something like that would happen if he ever cheated on her. She said she would also crush his skull with a frying pan, which you know she loves to do. Sure. Uh, just uh, to demonstrate her puppy. what would happen. Yeah, I know. That's that's fucked up. That's so fucked up. You know how we are on this show. Don't do whatever you want to human, but do yes. not fuck with animals. Don't fuck Especially with puppies. Oh my gosh. How could you look at a two-month-old puppy and We should have uh, trigger warnings for animal I abuse. I need I need a trigger warning for animal abuse. We this is do. traumatizing. This is a, this is terrible. So she's just that type of person. She but... likes she loves killing she does. She was working up to it, for sure. In June of 88, she gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah. This was her first child with David Saunders, who stayed with her after she slit his puppy's throat. After the birth of their first daughter... Well, yeah, you, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> you don't want to cheat on her. You don't want to leave her. Otherwise, she's going to slit your throat like a puppy. I don't know. It's so scary. I, don't, I feel bad for these guys terrible uh, yeah after the birth of sarah it, this prompted david to buy a house for his family 
Catherine decorated it the way she wanted it with animal skins, horns, skulls, rusty old traps, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. Even the ceiling was covered. It just needed a woman's touch. What? It's like a uh, serial killer's Flanagan's or uh, <laughs> shenanigans. Shenanigans. All that goofy Evil shit shenanigans. <laughs> you talking about shenanigans? <laughs> yeah, it's got a bunch of murderous, goofy shit, like rusty, bloody <laughs> rakes and... Bolted to the wall so you can't steal it. Oh. At, at one point, she does hit David Saunders in the face with a hot iron and then stabs him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. So uh, he left their home, and when he came back, Catherine had cut up all his clothes. This was after the stabbing and everything, you know. This is just their whole relationship. What did he do? I don't know. It doesn't say. It, it. I couldn't find it. I don't know. If somebody does, let us know. But she just, yeah, she's just nuts. Um, he actually, like... I guess cutting up the clothes was the last straw because this dude left and literally went into hiding to get away from her. Like, That's crazy. He, she's taken all of your clothes. You don't have anything to wear except the shit on your back. Yeah. You just, and he just had to just go. Like, he just had to leave. That's how scary this chick is. And then, and then several months later, when he returned to see his daughter, Sarah, David Saunders found out that Catherine had told police that she was afraid of him and they had issued an apprehended violence order against him, which is basically like a, a, a restraining order. She stabbed mm-hmm. him, hit him with an iron and killed his fucking puppy. And he's the one that has a restraining order. She yeah, is because a mastermind. Back then men couldn't be victims. Yeah, I know. And that is just so sad because 100% they absolutely can be. And it's... Oh, sure. It goes both ways. Absolutely. For sure. So the next dude was named John Chillingworth. And this lasted three years. Uh, This relationship gave her her first son. They named him Eric. They left him for a man that she had been having an affair with for a long time. His name was John Price. This poor bastard. Oh, this is rough. So... John Price already had three kids when he met Catherine. Uh, He had two of them. One of them lived with his uh, ex. It was said by John to be a good relationship. He would brag on her about being a good housewife, a mother. Um, He said everything was good. He knew about her violence, but his kids liked her, and he made good money at the mines at that time. So things were peachy, right? Yeah, everything's great. Everything's good, but um, this didn't last long. (laughs) They had a blowout about John refusing to marry Catherine. She then videotaped items that he had stolen from work and sent them to his boss. That is like a really, really bitchy thing to do. Just, it's a uh, really shitty thing to do. Yeah. It's up there with like uh, destroying your video games or do you know what I mean? Like they're, Girls are destroying video games. Guys are destroying makeup. It's kind of like it's just a yeah. real fuck you. <laughs> but is. I mean, it's terrible. And it wasn't anything too terrible. It was a lot of um, like out of date medical supplies. So it's not yeah, like it was all, the end of the world. It's not like it's all you it know. was was first aid kits. Uh, see, it was like two first aid kits that looked like they were pretty cool, you know, but nothing that anybody'd miss. Yeah. But he still got fired from his job of 17 years because of this. Yep. Ugh. 
He kicked her out for a little bit after this, but despite the violent fights and erratic outbursts, they always got back together. Friends even refused to see them. They said that if they would have nothing to do with them if, if they, while they were still a couple. So They were just toxic as fuck. Toxic. And things, of course, escalated in February of 2000. Catherine stabbed John Prince in the chest. He was finally fed up. <laughs> finally, finally fed up, I guess. <laughs> After she stabbed him in the chest. So he I'm sorry her out. if, if yes. everybody in the background can hear uh, a little kid laughing. He's just discovered Jeff Dunham, and I apologize. <laughs> we all apologize for Jeff Dunham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, FML. <laughs> so, yeah, he kicked her out. They got a restraining order against her to protect him and his kids. He told his coworkers that if he didn't come to work, Catherine had killed him. Okay. So yep. of course they told him not to go home, but at this time he was afraid she would kill his kids. So he went home. Yeah. That's and he knew her. He yeah. knew what she's capable of. And he knew that if he didn't go home, then yeah, exactly. That's exactly what would have happened. And you she think would about- have killed the kids. Yeah, abs- I think so too. And you think about if it, if this was a man versus a woman, you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. it, it's just, I don't know. It's just so different that the man but is this the abused one. This is no ordinary woman. No, this is a this woman is a that has strong... been scrapping since she could and has seen the worst shit she could possibly see. And yeah, she's a monster. She's like a shell. Yeah. Of a person. Um, but he, once he got home, he found that Catherine was not there and that she had sent the kids to stay the night at a friend's house. Uh, John Price went to bed around 11 that night. Catherine showed up later that evening. She showered and the two had sex. Okay. The next morning, coworkers and neighbors started to get concerned that John Price hadn't shown up to work that day. They obviously remembered what he had told them about being afraid of Catherine killing him. So John's boss sent one of his coworkers over to the house. The coworker and the neighbors were beating on his bedroom window, nothing. They couldn't get him to come to the door. They finally noticed at the front door that there was blood and they called the authorities. Yes. And this is when the cops come. And I think it's just uh, two cops just responding to a call. This poor guy. I I can't imagine. Trigger warning. This is broth. This is. When the police arrived, they kicked down the door to find a comatose Catherine sprawled out on the floor. She had apparently taken a lot of pills. She had also stabbed John Price with a butcher knife while he was sleeping. Now, the evidence showed that he woke up during the stabbing, which, you know, you probably will do. Uh, But he did manage to get out the front door only to be pulled back in by Catherine and he bled out in the house. After the stabbing, she pulled $1,000 out of the bank at the ATM and took the pills. Okay, get this. The autopsy on John Price showed that he had been stabbed by Catherine at least 37 times. 37 times. Both in the front. That is so much. Both in the front and back of his body, hitting major organs. Several hours after she had killed him, she skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook in the entryway of the house. Yeah. 
She was very methodical with the skinning. She took off all the skin, including the face, ears, neck, and scalp. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. She can field she dress does. a human, no problem. Like she's field no dressing problem. a squirrel. Yeah, she's got experience, and she's been her. You know, her passion, her dream job has prepared her for this moment. Absolutely. She then decapitated him, cooked parts of his body. And served his flesh with baked potato, zucchini, pumpkin, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. She then that's set, a lot of placed, preparation. That's a lot of uh, fresh veggies and and prep. It's like a it's like a Hello Fresh box. <laughs> she then set two places at the dinner table. She even made little name plates out of paper. Mm-hmm. One place setting for each of John's children. Her goal, to serve the children parts of their dead father. Yeah, which they weren't there. But, um, no. you know, she she knew that they would see it and the message would be out there. She's so fucking crazy. Absolutely. She really is. And that's not something that we throw around. We don't throw around the word crazy here on this podcast because. No, when's the last time we've said that? Sensitive to things. We're very sensitive to mental health issues, but she is. Ah. Uh, Cray cray. Mm-hmm. The detectives actually discovered a third plate that had originally been made up. It had been thrown in the backyard. It's thought that she tried to eat John as well and couldn't bring herself to do it. So she threw the plate, just threw the plate. Uh, they <laughs> did find, yeah, she's like, oh, I can't. She I don't did know. Find John. I, I have a theory. Oh, please tell me because I always thought that sounded like a weak theory. I'm pretty sure that she had a plate herself. Oh. Before and she just didn't else. tell anybody. Yeah. That's entirely possible. She's cooking them. She's got all these veggies. I know that whenever I'm cooking, I'll, I'll pick up some stuff and put it in my mouth. And by the time I'm done cooking, I'm already full. Yeah. 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 So I'm pretty sure that she may have, you know, like, oh, how are you not going to like taste it a little bit? Uh, that is a very good point. That's a good point. I mean, I wouldn't, obviously. <laughs> but just disclaimer: we we are not cannibals. No, we do not I support no, cannibalism in any way. <laughs> no interest in eating human flesh, but uh, she does. I think. I think she does. Yeah, yeah. Either that, or it was just like a big fuck you to his kids, which well, which was turned out to be more of a fuck you to him in the end. You know. Yeah. I don't know. She definitely could have had a nibble here or there, though. I I definitely find that believable. Yeah, I don't believe Uh, that she didn't. Yeah. They also found uh, John Price's head in a pot uh, with some veggies. It was still warm. It was also uh, found that Catherine had arranged John's body with his arm draped over an empty soda bottle and his legs crossed. When I first researched that, I was like, okay, that's weird. But then I thought about it. Dude has no skin or head. And she has him posed with his legs crossed. How fucking terrifying would that be walking in as a police officer, first responder? I feel feel so bad for these cops. Because they they interviewed him and they're talking about it and they're shaken and they're still so traumatized from it. And one of the guys, he's like, well, you know, I opened the door and I saw what looked like a a tarp, you know, uh, blocking my way. 
So I, I used my left hand to uh, pull it away. And it was, I noticed that it was really cold. Sorry about that dog barking. And I noticed that it was really cold and uh, wet. And then whenever I looked at my arm, it was covered in blood. And I was like, huh, I wonder, where, I wonder oh what God. happened to my arm. I wonder why I'm bleeding all over the place. And they didn't realize until, you know, they realized. His, yeah. His skin. Ugh. That's so fucked up. And it's really fucked up. The simmering pot on the mm-hmm. stove that had a lid on it. Yeah. And you just open up that lid open and it. there he is standing, staring you in the face. There's his head in a pot with some veggies. <sighs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. This actually happened. This is real life. Yes, this this is, really this happened. <laughs> this is real. This is real. Found on his body was a note that had small pieces of flesh and blood on it. In the note, I'm not going to read it because she could barely, she was barely literate and it was very hard to understand, but she basically accuses uh, John of raping her daughter, which was later determined to be completely unfounded. But basically it was like, oh, pay back you for raping my daughter. It's like, no, he didn't do that though. You're crazy. From what I've heard from his daughters and stuff, I mean, she, he is like a really, he was a really nice guy and he was really innocent and uh didn't really do anything to deserve any of this oh hell no and it's just super sad it is and they said that about um, pretty much all these guys i mean the even her first guy he was a scrapper but they said he was a, like a, a salt of the earth kind of dude like she just picked these good guys and just dominated abused and eventually killed one of them yeah it's sad Catherine initially offered to plead guilty to manslaughter, but they weren't having that shit. (laughs) On February 2nd, 2001, she was charged with the murder of John Price. Uh, Yeah. I mean, just because she slaughtered him doesn't mean that she can just not get that murder charge. You know, slaughterhouse, slaughter, you know. Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Abattoir. Abattoir. When the trial started, the judge, Justice Barry O'Keefe, offered 60 jury prospects the option to be excused due to the content of the photographs and nature of these crimes. Five people left after seeing the crime scene photos, and even more people dropped out as the findings of the case were discussed. People just couldn't handle it. They're like, I can't do this, which yeah, is, you know, understandable. is understandable. Yeah. I couldn't have done it either, probably. Seeing the pictures and everything. No. Yeah, I haven't seen any pictures. I've seen a little bit of footage. From the video but nothing that is revealing mm-hmm. but i can already get a good mental picture and i don't want to i don't know no him him with his legs crossed propped up like that just sounds absolutely i'm sure it's online somewhere terrifying Catherine's lawyers talked to justice o'keefe and the very next day Catherine changed her plea to guilty and the poor jury was dismissed but it was the judge that had advised Catherine and her team to plead guilty He offered a psychological assessment of Catherine to make sure that she understood what she was doing by pleading guilty. And her legal team had planned to use the defensive amnesia and disassociation in the trial because she did say that she remembers nothing of the crime. Uh, But the psychiatrist agreed that Catherine knew what she was doing and that she was quote unquote sane. She is. You can tell in the interrogation that she's fully aware of everything that yeah. she's done. And she's just so cold. And the only thing that she admitted to was uh, stabbing him accidentally like a week ago. 
on in an unrelated you know thing like that's the most that she'll admit yeah yeah she to this day she's never given a reason as to why she did it and still refuses to take responsibility for her actions and ending john's life so she just yeah won't admit it nothing no during the hearing the lawyers tried to keep her from seeing and hearing some of the more sensitive parts of the trial which why um she did it but the judge refused good for him by the way Mm -hmm. but when uh, dr timothy lyons took the stand for the prosecution he described the skinning and decapitation during this part of the trial catherine became hysterical and had to be sedated on november 8th justice o'keefe sentenced catherine to life in prison without the possibility of parole the first woman in Australia to receive such a sentence. The judge also ordered that pictures and papers from the case were never to be released to the public, which is why it's really hard to find anything out there about this case. And that's probably for the best. And uh, like we said earlier, there is no death penalty in Australia uh, anymore. So that is the highest sentence that you can receive is life in prison without possibility of parole. Which I agree with that. I'm not really for the death penalty. I'm not either. It it costs a lot of money. It's just a big hubbub, and I just I don't I don't I really agree with it too much either. But I do I don't know. Some people just need to go. But <laughs> there's worse punishments than death. There are absolutely 100. percent In 2006, she appealed her life sentence, claiming the punishment was too severe for the murder she committed. What? Yeah. Yeah, come on. A life sentence just for skinning a guy and cooking his head, decapitating trying, him. Trying to feed it's his not that, to his children. It's just a it's just a, a, a little bit of manslaughter. It's not anything huge. It's a literal manslaughter. Just let her go. Slap let her on go. The wrist. <laughs> let her go get some more guys. But uh, <laughs> this was uh, overturned. Find a new John. Um, right? She needs a John. <laughs> a john or a david is what it was yeah either one but uh this was overturned uh they were not going to appeal her her life sentence one justice saying this was an appalling crime almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society i agree I yeah Catherine knight Catherine knight if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at deadlyserial at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at Deadly Serial. Yes, please. And we also have a shout out this week. Stephen Kulo, our very first subscriber. Thank you so, so much. So much. Not only did he subscribe to help us financially with the podcast, he did the highest tier, which is super exciting. We have been over the moon about this all week steven you have no idea made my week for sure thank you so much yes this has been great and if anybody else wants to donate um there's a link in the description at the bottom just click it and all the proceeds will go straight to the podcast we love doing this we love you guys this has made my week just yes. just from you guys and all of the positive responses from the podcast because we love we love doing it and we want to do it more we want to give you guys more episodes every single week i agree we love doing it um that little boost of serotonin serotonin you guys give me when you tell me that you love it just makes my life so we all can use yes we can all use a little extra serotonin nowadays and uh i'm very happy that people seem to like it and we have such a great following so keep listening we love you guys and we will we'll 
see you next week. Be safe out there. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Live, laugh, love. Like it's the last day on earth. Like the moon's going to come down and crash into the earth. Live life to the fullest. Lot, uh, I'm done. I, I right. quit. <laughs> Bye, guys.